And I looked in the mirror after experiencing all this pleasure for me, as in something I'd never done before, ever, never thought about, ever, I saw the goddess in my own eyes. She's been inside of me. If she's inside of me, she must be inside of every woman. Welcome to Better with Dr. Stephanie. I am your host, Dr. Stephanie Estima. This show is for women just like you with a deep desire for learning, self-actualization, and becoming more of who you already are. Every week, we are going to deconstruct how to build better bodies, better minds, better relationships, better sex, and better families. I'll be giving you access to world-class thought leaders to help give you the tools to answer this question. What are the simplest things that you can do today to get better tomorrow? I am part geek, part magic, and want to share the juiciest questions, topics, and often taboo conversations that I think I've always wanted to be a part of and I wanted to be having. So let's get better together. Hello, hello, Bettys. Welcome back to Better with Dr. Stephanie. It's me, your host, Stephanie Estima. And today I have a conversation with Regina Thomas-Hauer, the one and only Mama Gina. She is a teacher, a best-selling, New York Times best-selling author, a mother, a media personality, and the founder and CEO of the School of Womenly Arts, which, interesting fact, began in her living room in 1998 and has since grown into a global movement. This show is not for little ears. If you are driving in the car or you're playing this in the background where little ones, your daughters, who you think may be too young to hear this conversation, your granddaughters or grandsons are too young to hear this conversation, either pause right now and, or put in your earbuds and listen at uh, privately. So what did we talk about? Well, one of the through lines of this conversation is that Regina believes that women are the greatest untapped natural resource on the planet and that as people, uh, you know, begin to reclaim the magnificence of the feminine, then we will all be liberated. What did we talk about? Well, we talked about the idea of pleasure. What is pleasure? Desires and joy, that pleasure is a practice and a discipline that no one is coming to save you and that we have to integrate pleasure into our own lives. And in her words, she says, pleasure is the fuel that feeds desire. So important. I say it twice in the show. You'll hear me do it. <laughs> we also talk about pleasure practices. We talk about emotional regulation. We talk about swamping. Um, we talk about bragging. We talk about masculine and feminine energy. We talk about how the many ways that a woman can integrate pleasure into her life. And it it can include sexual uh, touch and sex and orgasm. And it could be that you are enjoying nature or that you buy some flowers for yourself or you go for a walk or you listen to this podcast. Uh, things that make you happy. We talk about female orgasm. We talk about her book. One of the books we double click on and talk a lot about is Pussy, a reclamation. So I told you this was not for little ears. So we talk about why the word pussy. Why did she use this particular word? We talk about 
um, the anatomy of our genitalia, the improper naming of vagina for everything. It's not. Um, we talk about how we can bring pussy energy uh, and pussy power into our, I can't even like I can't even not say that word without smiling. So I hope you can hear the smile in my voice. Uh, how we can bring, uh, you know, pussy energy into everyday life. Um we can, how we can tap into our desires, what society tells us we should and must and can and always have to be doing and how that divorces ourselves from the things that we want, from the things that give us pleasure, from the things that we desire. This was such a juicy conversation. I have followed Regina's work for years. I have integrated a lot of it into my work in my mastermind, the Chalice Collective, where we do talk about, I mean, we talk about science, we talk about all the things, but marketing and sales and da, 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 but we talk about pussy power as well, because it is so important for a woman to own her body and to relegate uh, the shame because it does, it has no place. Um, so one of the, and she leaves a little Easter egg right at the end. So if you want to listen all the way to the end, you'll see that little, that little uh, present waiting for you there. I hope that you enjoy this conversation as much as I had having it. So without further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Regina Thomas-Hauer, aka Mama Gina. I get a lot of questions about how to ease perimenopause and menopause symptoms. And here's a really simple answer for you. Take a good mineral supplement. Your body loses a ton of minerals as you transition through perimenopause and menopause. And mineral deficiencies make a lot of the common symptoms worse. For example, if you're struggling with poor sleep, fatigue, joint pain, hot flashes, or any other side effects that are wearing you down, you might think about giving Beam Minerals a try. Their full spectrum mineral supplement contains every single mineral that you lose during perimenopause and menopause. And there is a meaningful dose here with close to 100% bioavailability. All you have to do is take a shot of liquid every morning to replenish your mineral stores and ease the symptoms that you might be experiencing. Beam Minerals just taste like water and you'll feel the difference within a few days. Head over to beamminerals.com and use the code BETTER for 20% off. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and germs, I have the Mama Gina in my Zoom room. Can we just have a moment? Mama Gina, T Regina Thomas-Hauer, welcome. Welcome to the Better Podcast. I'm so happy to have Ooh. you here. So delighted to be here. And by the way, it's Regina. And, and you know, and it has been, let's say, my destiny to be provoking Regina out of Regina. And it's just, so thank you for, for reminding me that I'm fulfilling my destiny, even this moment. <laughs> thank you. I've given this awkward name. Shout out to all women who've received awkward names and have a lifetime of growing into them. It is a worthy, worthy effort. Well, and I think that, and I, and I apologize for that. Thank you for, thank you for correcting me. I think of it course. is. And I, I think because we're going to be talking about vulvas and vaginas, I might have just, that may have infused You're into just your there. name. You're yeah. just there. I'm yeah. just right You're there just, already. It's just right there. We're in already. Yeah. <laughs> Regina, welcome to the show. I'm so happy to have thank you, you here. Thank you, Stephanie. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. It just, feel our sisterhood. I'm ready to cruise. So excited to meet the thousands and thousands and thousands of people whose lives you've touched, altered, changed, expanded through living your life's mission. So 
Thank you. Let's have at it. Let Let's it. have at it. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, you have written several books. Uh, we're going to talk about two of them today that have had, we can talk about all four of them really, but there's two that have really had a profound impact uh, on the way Ooh. that I show up uh, in the world, uh, the school of womanly arts and pussy a reclamation. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, we're going to talk about all of the concepts in there because I think that this is such an important, uh, conversation, uh, for women to be thinking and about their bodies, not from a, uh, we'll say point of shame, but to start to have reverence for what our bodies are capable of, particularly in the realms of pleasure and joy and, and all of the things that having falling in love with yourself, I think, um, can entail. Mm -hmm. Before we get there though, I think your origin story is so delicious. I would, I would love to know how Mama Gina, which by the way, I have to say just the word, I love mama. Like I always, yeah. when I'm yeah. talking to my girlfriends, it's yeah. like, how you doing mama? Like it's, it's just uh, yeah. kind of like a thing that yeah, I it's, naturally, it's, it, it, yeah. it's so primitive in a way, but beautiful. You're right. Yeah. How it, did, ties, it ties us to our ancestresses and to girls of today, the women of tomorrow, the whole stitch. It's, I'm so happy you love that word. I do too. I love the word mama. And even my boys, it was their first word, mama. Yeah. You know? That's the, yeah. it's, it's like almost like the first couple of mm -hmm. sounds that we're able to make too. How old are your boys? I have uh, three boys. I have a 17 year old wow. an almost 12 year old and an almost nine year old. Wow. Great. Yeah. Really good. Brave. Three boys. Yes. Yes. And I want them and, you know, we'll, we'll maybe we'll get into this conversation. Yeah, uh, we will. But I, I want them, them to pussy friendly boys. That's very, right. I want their wives to be like, thank you. Oh, by the way, is it okay if I say fuck? I can't. Of course it. it is. Of course it is. We will have, um, we will have a little E on this, on this show <laughs> and a little warning for little ears maybe before, before the show. You can use any okay. words that come through you and that you feel like using today. So let's talk about your origin story. Where did Mama Gina come from and how did you manifest the life that you were living today being a, we'll call it having a vampire, if you will, leading and teaching women to reclaim what has always been ours, but we've forgotten. Okay. I want to very specifically answer this uh, to the women who are wondering if they have a purpose in their lives or if they have a calling or if there is a um, some kind of uh, uh, raison d'etre for their being, right? And I want to say that very often our callings can start with a tremendous amount of pain. And so it's important, even if you're going through a hard time as you're listening to this podcast or even if you feel that you're in a really dark place or confused or lost, cherish it because it will be the seeds of your becoming. And um, because that is how the great pussy in the sky or the divine feminine works through us, right? And so um, I was somebody that like so many women in our culture, I grew up in a family where there was abuse. And so I had experienced that from the time I was a baby. And I didn't really know it because like, it was just my family, you know, so I don't really, you don't put those things together. But 
what, what happened for me was when I was a little girl, I think it was around five or six, I was so unhappy and I realized I wasn't even looking forward to the day. And I was like, like something is fucked up in a world where a little kid is not looking forward to the day. And I got to figure that out and make it right. And I know, and then it kind of like those kinds of things, they are flashes and then they walk away from you and then they come back. But right around that time, the goddess or my imagination of the goddess, one or the other, both would come and sit on my bed. And I would feel this beautiful presence of the, the only words I had for it were goddess. And I thought well, I wanted to see her. So I would look, she would sit at my pillow and I would turn to look, but then she would vanish. And so I learned from that, that she lives in the periphery and now I have to search for her because she wasn't coming out. <laughs> you know, it wasn't like she was saying, yo, Regina. So um, I was very spiritually alive and not finding my way inside of the patriarchal world's culture where there's Christianity, Judaism, Islam, primarily, and all of those are male deities and uh, no feminine in that. And I never felt at home in that world. And so I was always searching for her. And um, the search kind of w would come and go. I would look in, I don't know, go to churches or other temples to try to find the divine feminine. Of course, there really wasn't anything. And um, what happened for me was I became... Um, because I guess of the abuse patterns that weren't really dealt with, as I got out of college uh, and I, I kind of lost all of my confidence and I was depressed and disenfranchised and disconnected from myself and filled with so much self-doubt and so much self-hatred that even though I came to New York to be an actress, I couldn't even audition because I didn't know who I was as a woman. Hmm. And finally, after a number of years of kind of being a hermit and disconnecting from the world of dating and relationships and disconnecting from my family and researching the ancient goddess traditions through the work of Maria Gambudis and Joseph Campbell and Merlin Stone and all those beautiful um, people that have researched ancient goddess traditions, it wasn't adding to my happiness. And um, so I actually auditioned or something and when I did the audition it was for the actors information project and when I when I did the audition they said to me you're a good actress girl but you have no sexuality at all in your performances or your presentation and so I was like oh shit well I gotta get some sexuality so I better take a class someone introduced me to a class given by a school at that time called Moore University and it was a class that changed my life. Why? Because they gave us a homework assignment. And uh, it was a bunch of beautiful, brilliant, hippie, aging hippies that were talking about stuff I'd never heard of. Sex, sensuality, expanding your pleasure. It was a, the distinctions between men and women, orgasm. It was like, whoa, I was like the most shy, repressed creature in this classroom and, but the homework that night, the assignment was to go home and do give yourself uh, an experience as if the most important person in the world is coming to visit you. 
but it was secretly you and you buy flowers for yourself and uh, some foods to connect with all five of your senses. So I bought like chocolate and bubbly water and salted almonds and made this beautiful display and made a bath for myself, tidied up my space, put on some music. And then there was a part of the homework where you're supposed to look in the mirror. And I looked in the mirror after experiencing all this pleasure for me, as in something I'd never done before, ever, never thought about ever. And when I looked in the mirror, I saw the goddess in my own eyes. And I was like, fuck, that's where she's been hiding. Holy as years. She's been inside of me. If she's inside of me, she must be inside of every woman. And I thought, well, there's some way and somehow that I will attend to that. But first I have to educate myself. So I ended up moving in with more university, which at that was a, a one of the oldest communal living teaching places in the world. And um, I lived there for five years. And uh, so I was in a sex commune for five years and I learned technology about extended massive orgasm i learned how to come you learned, so you learned how to orgasm I'm, there it's a special technique called the extended massive orgasm technique okay. and the thing about it is like i could train my body to come for an hour more and uh that and that was really the basis like that was the game changer the life changer the whole point for me because once I started to locate my body's ability to receive pleasure, it was like the portal to my divinity, the spiritual portal opened wide. And it was something that I was in control of. It was not dependent on a partner. It was my pleasure that was the portal. And uh, I learned so much there. And so when I left there, uh, I combined the, all of my studies with the ancient goddess tradition along with orgasm. And then, of course, I ended up studying the courtesans of uh, great gusto. And so it kind of put the whole thing together. And when I gave birth to my daughter, Maggie, years later, I bet you felt the same way. I felt so grateful to my ancestresses for making me possible. I I felt so much responsibility for the girls of today who will be the women of tomorrow because I had a baby girl. And so I and so I thought, well, I have to do something. I maybe I will start a school for women. And because I had just become a mama myself, I thought, I, I know, I'll call it Mama Gina's School of Womanly Arts. That sounds nice. And uh, it was so that's how she got born. The school got born right around the time my daughter. It was kind of like having twins. Baby on one, <laughs> one knee, school of women, the arts on the other, but it all worked out. I love that. I think that is such a, um, there's so many points while you were talking that I was just making notes here that I wanted to come back to. I too, like you, uh, so I grew up Catholic um, and I remember you know, it's like the Holy, you know, it's the father, the son and the Holy spirit. So there's no right. woman. We, I, w when I was in school, we were taught that Mary Magdalene, let's say she was this 
you know, whore that was like just completely disgusting. And he took pity on her. And of course we know now with, um, at least some recent discoveries that she was actually an apostle and like probably yeah. an, the apostle to the other apostles. Um, and, you know, we, we won't necessarily go down that rabbit hole, but I too remember thinking like, why isn't there anybody that looks like me um, yeah. in, 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 in religion, let's say. Yeah. And then I remember this as a, as a girl, you know, as a young girl, even on television, I'm like, why doesn't anyone look like me? Like everyone seems to be just sort of in that they all look the same. Like everybody mm-hmm. looks the same and they don't, mm-hmm. they don't look like that diversity was really missing. Yeah. Um, and I love what you said about orgasms being a portal to the divine and I want to I want to double click on that for a moment because pleasure and you you mentioned the word a couple of times yeah. so I want to go there. Yeah. Pleasure and joy, these two words, I think, uh, for driven women. So I, mm-hmm. I, you know, I through my own you know trauma and coping mechanisms as a child mm-hmm. became incredibly, we'll say, masculine, ener- like energetically masculine yeah. in like my mm-hmm. pursuits and my control mm-hmm. and my ability to predict the future. Uh, you know, by kind of controlling my environment. And so this idea of uh, of pleasure, of slowing down and enjoying, like you were saying, I bought myself flowers and there was oils and there was music and I put yeah. on a beautiful, all of that, you know, a, we'll say a former version of myself who I have so much love for that yeah. scared little girl, uh, you know, would uh, be like, Oh God, this freaking waste of time. Mm-hmm. Like just get to the studying or get to the, so maybe you can define <laughs> just as a starting point, what is pleasure? What does that mean? Because I think of woman, and I know my listeners, so my listeners are my Bettys. So they're like the better podcast. They're my Bettys. They will go right to, well, if I start feeling pleasure, then it's going to become hedonic and then I'm never going to do anything again. And all I'm going to be doing is like playing with myself all day long. And, you know, not that there's anything wrong with that, but you know, they kind of go to the extreme where they're like, well, I'm not going to get anything. I have to be, I'll have, I'll become a different person. Everything will fall apart. And so what, what is pleasure and what can you say to my buddies who are, who I know are thinking that because I, I know, I know that type of thinking pattern. Oh my goodness. I so hear you. I so hear your buddies. I so feel you. I was that woman myself. And, um, I think there's a lot of terror around the feminine. There's terror around our sexuality. We've been taught to feel so much shame around our bodies, around our sex, around our desires. Uh, The feminine has been pornographied uh, inside of this culture. Um, So it's all righteous. And but pleasure actually has nothing really to do with sex. It's choosing to pay attention to what brings you joy, what lights you up, what um, thrills you. It could be as simple as uh, watching a sunset. That's so pleasurable, so delicious. Could be taking a, a Epsom salt bath after you know, a really long day. It could be uh, the smell of your baby's head. It could be like a rocking orgasm or like, the crazy sex you just had with your lover 
as well. It's any time that you turn on your neurotransmitters, including beta-endorphin, prolactin, serotonin, and your body floods um, with all of this, these beautiful pleasure hormones that kind of bathe your cells in uh, this delicious bath of ecstasy. And as opposed to where we normally are, which is we flood our bodies with cortisol, which is the stress hormone. And we usually, especially if we have, we're working, we have kids, we have families to take care of. uh, It's really difficult to accomplish all the things that are ours to do even in a day. So women are more stressed, exhausted, overworked than ever, meaning more flooded with cortisol, which is why it's so important to choose pleasure and to insert the discipline of pleasure in your life as frequently as you can, simply for your health. Uh, you know, uh, and, and it's, it's tricky to remember when we've been warned against it our whole lives. But it's actually super simple once you kind of get the hang of it because it could be, you know, for women, we're so easy. This is how easy we are. All we have to do is hear about a pleasure that a friend of ours is having and we're like in a state of pleasure, which is why I have a practice called bragging in all of my books because when women celebrate themselves with other women, it takes everyone higher so um you know it could be that your favorite mug that you have your tea or your coffee in that brings you pleasure it could be uh as simple as like just looking at yourself literally right now and then winking just winking at yourself it turns you on it's just flooding your body with the tiniest little drop of turn on which is so supportive of our health our immune systems, etc. So pleasure is scary, but it's very worthwhile. And necessary, I think. And necessary, yes. You talk about this idea that a woman who is turned on and tuned in is, you know, one of the more, we'll say, I'm paraphrasing, but like a powerful force in the world. And I think that, you know, to your point, you were saying, you know, women are bogged, you know, we're, and we're also not in community the way that we always sort of have been, where children have been raised communally, where mom can yeah. take a break, aunt can take yeah. over, grandma can do something. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're yeah. really isolated and we take on a lot and we're told that we should do more and that we should have this sort of, we'll say Stepford wife type of like, everything's perfect. You know, you yep. ask someone how they are and like, everything's great. And like, you know, meanwhile, mm-hmm. their life is sort of unfurling like a, you know, a ball of yarn behind them. Mm-hmm. How do we, um, or maybe I'll ask you to expand on the discipline of pleasure. You talk about in both, uh, both, both books, I think in all of your work, you talk about this idea that it's a practice. And I love this so much because I think that even even the title of your book, Pussy, A Reclamation, you are reclaiming your pleasure. And it's like, no one's going to come to you and say, you know what you need? More pleasure. No one's going to do that. You have to do that for yourself. No one is coming to save you. So can you talk a little bit about this, this idea of having like a, a cadence or a cyclicity or a rhythm to mm-hmm. pleasure? Yeah, it's first of all, it is hard as fuck 
It takes so much courage. And honestly, you cannot do it except in conspiracy with other women. Once, you know, you have to be really like so practiced. It's, it's kind of like how uh, it's hard to go to the gym by yourself. But if you have a gym buddy, oh, my goodness, then somebody is going to say, you know, get your ass out of bed, meet me at the gym. Uh, and the reason for pleasure, like what's the big why? Why is it important? Well, every woman is gifted with 8,000 nerve endings dedicated to pleasure. That's our clitoris. There's no function for the clitoris except pleasure. That is it. End of story. So why would God or goddess construct feminine being with a a, a a body that responds simply to pleasure. That's her clit. It's different from a guy, right? Because a cock, you know, it's a multi-tool. It pees, it ejaculates, like it's busy. It's, it's, it's multi-purpose, multifunctional. But a clit is single purpose, only pleasure. And that means for every woman, if 8,000 of your thoughts every day are not about your pleasure, 8,000 of your decisions are not about your pleasure, 8,000 of your desires are not about your pleasure, then you're not living the design of what it means to be a woman. And that is why you are stressed as fuck. And that is why you, you know, when we don't live the fullness of who we are, uh, we start to get numb and kind of contract rather than expand. And, and there's no woman on this planet that wants to spend her life contracting. We all want everything we want and then some. We want to live our fullness, the fullness of our joy, the fullness of our grief. And your pleasure is the, the portal for that. It doesn't even mean that things have to be fun all the time because you know as well as I do like a really good cry like if you you know so there's cathartic. certain yeah. uh, mm -hmm. oh god it's the best like I live for that mm. so um among other things so so how do you practice the discipline of pleasure so how, how you know it becomes like something that requires it's not it's not difficult in terms of like you have to you know uh go to a dance class, and then um, a meditation practice, and then you have to self-pleasure. It doesn't take hours. But what it takes is a willingness to discover, a willingness to be a pleasure researcher with your life so that you're always looking at, huh, what if I stopped for five minutes and I just read, I just like took a break, and I just read for five minutes. Would that add pleasure to my day? What if I had my lover come over uh, like I did this morning at 1030 before my day started so that I could have a delicious hot encounter before my meetings and all the responsibilities of my day? What if I uh, chose some beautiful, because it's summer now, what if I bought at the farm stand fresh peaches which are just coming into season and those beautiful tomatoes that happen only in the summer and I made myself a, a, a magnificent salad uh, for lunch day like that's attuning to your pleasure for me it's always dancing pleasure always involves dancing I cannot move through a day without having a dance break without dancing a lot 30 seconds of dancing it will instantly 
turn you on to the magnificent creature that you actually are and reconnect you to yourself because that's what pleasure does. It reinstates our divinity. We know who we are. And from the experience of pleasure, you can solve all of life's problems. And the, and the difficulty is we've been taught to address the problems or the challenges when we are in a state of discomfort, pain, anger, um, unhappiness, and you will never get to pleasure if you address problems when you're not in a place of pleasure. But when you address problems in a place of pleasure, bam, the solution is right there. And we are so addicted to jumping inside problems and trying to solve them by making the problem even greater that it's a hard habit to break. But once you break it, woo, life gets so sweet. Because then you won't deal with a fight that you're having with your husband or boyfriend or your kids until you're in a place of pleasure. And then the solution is easy. I think that is so profound. And I think if anyone listening, and I'm including myself in this category, (laughs) can improve their ability to receive pleasure. I think what happens, like to be a recipient, to say, I'm just going to lie back and I'm going to, you know, maybe literally, Mm -hmm. maybe not. um, Mm -hmm. And I'm going to let that feeling of having, so you were saying, you know, the peaches, for me, my little thing of pleasure is I have these beautiful Vera Wang uh, cups every morning. I go outside, I have a little espresso. I listen to the little birdies. I look at my garden that I was working on. Like that is so, it's my little happy time. It's not long. It's five, you know, how long it takes you to finish an espresso, five minutes maybe, but it starts my day. I get some sunshine. I'm happy. Um, And I think that you, um, when you keep these appointments with yourself, you know, when you said, will I read for five minutes? You know, will I have my lover over? You start to, at least my experience, and maybe you can contribute to this because you've seen thousands of women um, uh, go through this process, but it begins to um, like fortify your relationship with yourself. And you said something really important, uh, which I want to kind of, blow up a little bit, which was that we've been taught not, you know, I, I grew up Catholic. So it was like, I used to think that getting into a pool, I could get pregnant. You know, like we were always taught, like, (laughs) don't, don't look there. It's like only when you're married, you know, that kind of thing. Like it's, it's weird. It's like, you're going to, you know, things are going to like, it's, it's sort of like this place of sin, right? Yeah. The original sin. Right. And I think that when you can start to, uh, and, you know, if you're Catholic that I'm not saying not to renounce the religion, anything like that, but I think that there are some messages within not just Catholicism or Christianity. I think there's like some through lines, as you were mentioning, through Islam and Judaism that are all kind of intertwined with each other that tend to be yeah. more patriarchal in, in nature. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you can heal your relationship with your body. And you may be able to speak to this in terms of your experience, but almost every woman I've ever come in contact with, whether it was in a patient relationship, uh, I was counseling them for some reason they've had, they, they are divorced from their bodies. Like I always talk about it, like living from the throat up, like they're just here and up. They're always in their head. Sinking into their body feels like you're sinking into the abyss of the unknown and it's scary talk a little bit about how pleasure can potentially uh, and becoming more somatic can help fortify that trust 
let's say, or uh, your relationship with yourself? Mm -hmm. I think it is, you have said it, sister, is the singular task for a woman in her lifetime is to reconnect with her body. You know, here's the thing, when we are embodied, uh, what that means is you are, you are home. You can not just feel your own body, but you can feel your connection with earth, our mother. You can feel your connection with all living beings, with nature. You feel, ah, you feel your divinity. And one of the tools that the patriarchy has for taking control of women is, you know, a, a woman living in a patriarchal world's culture, she can't be a man, right? But she uses the male standard to measure herself. So she sees that she's not measuring up to the masculine. Meanwhile, the feminine, in my opinion, is functionally superior to the masculine. Uh, she begins to actually um, take on all of the negative conditioning that the patriarchal culture has regarding women. So she doubts herself. She hates herself. She looks at her body as though it's wrong. She thinks she should be thinner, taller, younger, older, whatever it is, uh, she begins to um, replace that beautiful self-love that every baby is born with, with self-deprecation and shame. Sodium is an essential nutrient involved in the maintenance of normal cellular balance, the regulation of fluid and electrolytes, and your blood pressure. Start your morning right with a refreshing, salty tonic of LMNT. It's spring season now, which means I will be enjoying watermelon or grapefruit salt on ice, and it is a fabulous way to balance stress hormones and make sure that I am maximizing my muscle gains. Element T also has a no questions asked refund policy. Try watermelon or any flavor that you want, and if you don't like it, they will refund your money no questions asked, and you don't even need to return the box. Head over to drinklmnt.com forward slash Dr. Estima. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T.com forward slash D-R-E-S-T-I-M-A. And you will get a free LMNT sample pack with any purchase. And the source of it, in my opinion, is because we grow up well, what did your pussy get called when you were growing up? Like, there was no name for it. Okay, there you go. It was go. the thing that was never mentioned. Yeah, there was okay. never a name for it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've been, you know, leading seminars for thousands of women for many years, right? And I always start and I say, "What did your lady bits get called?" And at least half, if not more, of the room will say nothing. And the other half will say things like coochie and Walter Winchell and front bottom and kitty and front Kanish. bottom. Oh, oh no. Yeah. That's... That's, for, that's in the UK. You have your front bottom and your back bottom. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, and, and these crazy names that you cannot even imagine. And uh, what, why is that important, right? 
if I, I I teach classes for men, when I ask a room full of a thousand men, what did your bits and pieces get called? They'll say penis. What's your problem? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, so what happens is if a, a little girl isn't even given the name of that which is essentially feminine, her source of feminine power, the portal of life itself. Right? Then because there is no name, shame moves in. And she has she knows if it cannot even be named, it must be so horrible and so dreadful that I must be wrong and my body must be wrong. And she replaces self-love with shame. And that divides a woman from her body. And, uh, you know, and, and it's also, I, I just want to mention uh, for all of you moms out there, I don't recommend that you call your daughter's um, seat of feminine power a pussy. Uh, I recommend using not vagina, because vagina is something that only your gynecologist can see with a speculum. Uh, it's the internal portion. Uh, vagina means sheath. It's the thing the sword goes into. It's internal. I, I, it's not external. Yeah. yeah. I recommend using the word vulva because that's the truth. The vulva includes the outer lips, the inner lips, the clitoris. So um, when we, you know... Language is so important. It's so important. Language it's, is so important. When you When you erase, when you don't even have a name for it, and you can't, you can't refer to it without saying mm-hmm. front bottom, coochie, whatever those words are, yeah. man, like, how are we supposed to, how are we supposed to ever connect yeah. with ourselves if you can't even yeah. name yeah. it? It's basically a linguistic clitoridectomy. Yes. And yes. That's, and we perpetrate that and it's staggering and it has such profound consequences that women will spend their lives trying to reclaim that connection that they, that was, you know, instilled in them the moment that that name, I mean, Jesus said in the beginning, there was the word and the word is vulva. And the word is vulva. (laughs) He didn't say that. He didn't say that, but I know. I wonder if we read the Mary Magdalene scripts of that. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I love that. And the word is vulva. Well, I mean, that, that brings us to pussy. Okay. So I have a mastermind of female practitioners that I teach. We do all things science, help them with female protocols. But the one thing that we talk about, and this is where your work has profoundly impacted me is this idea of pussy power. And it took me a long time to feel comfortable even bringing this up as a topic. However, I do think that it is a very important one for women to understand irrespective of whether or not you want children, you know, your anatomical gift, let's say to create life that Mm -hmm. we create all the time. And when you are connected, as you've been saying to the seat of your pleasure, to your pleasure centers in your body, like your clitoris, uh, like your clit, as you, um, said, that's such a cuter name. Um, clitoris. Um, (laughs) 
then really the world is is our oyster. Then we can create right. and call in. Like I was saying to you on the uh, before we started the show, I said we'll make sure that we talk about this. I talked about this with Emily who, uh, Fletcher, who introduced yeah. us. Um, we just bought my absolute dream house. Like this is the Oof. house I manifested. It's Oof. just luxurious in every. It's everything I've ever wanted. Mm. And so good. When we were do, like when we kind of ki- came to some of these you know, we'll say uh, difficult points in the negotiations yeah. and stuff. I was like, I need to march myself upstairs, get my vibrator and make this happen. <laughs> I need to make this deal happen. And I didn't have a name for it. I, I feel yeah. like I've been doing that. Uh, you know, Emily calls it sex magic. Yeah. Um, and I never had a name for it, but this is what I mean when I say that we have the ability to create a reality yeah. or call mm-hmm. it in, let's say. Can yeah. you expand on this idea of, uh, well, first, you know, the, you know, the word that, you know, the, why the word pussy? Why do you, why have you found, I mean, I think it's like such a cute name, but it, it has its origins in such derogatory connotations. Why is it this word that you would like to, that you've chosen to kind of reclaim versus, you know, the C word or the T word or all the other words. Um, yeah. And once we've maybe defined that, what your, you know, owning your pussy power, let's say, and owning it can do for you in your life. Okay. Yeah. And I do want to go back to you, the house, the sex magic, Emily, the whole thing. Yes. We're going to have like a little swoop. All right, let's do it. Um, but why pussy? Um, because basically at heart, I'm a researcher, right? And in teaching over the years, you know, tens of thousands of women live in my classroom, I notice something. When a woman says vulva, yeah, it's vulva, nothing happens. But when a woman says pussy, it lights her up. I mean, Please, everyone who is listening to this podcast right now, just say it with me. One, two, three. Pussy. (laughs) Pussy. And you will giggle. You will instantly giggle. It it is, you know, we know it's a little bit naughty. It's a little bit sassy. It's a little bit outrageous. It's a little rebellious. And it is also a connection to uh, that portal of divinity and pleasure that so it's it's kind of an act of re- reclaiming the feminine, and there's a lot of joy in that word. I do not know why. I would have been really happy if it turned out to be vulva that made women light up and turn on and be delighted, but it is not because there's something about the nature of women. We love to be rebellious and we love to be outrageous. And that spirit is contained right now. I mean, it may not always be in a hundred years or a thousand years, maybe a spell of ecstasy will have worn off because we'll all be so pussy friendly and pussy fabulous and pussified. But right now, Pussy Fabulous per- needs to be a t-shirt. I think <laughs> that needs to be like a handbag. Yeah. I love it. Pussy fabulous. Yeah. So it's, it's, I, I watch women and I watch what lights them up and pussy lights them up. And, and I, and I think it's also really fun. Like when, when a woman will give, you know, she'll, she'll take my book and she'll be like, here, I want to give you pussy. It just makes her feel like such a badass and a little rebel and a kind of a guerrilla pleasure warrior woman. So 
it, somehow it works. It, but honestly, it was not my choice. I just saw what through observation. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and I, <laughs> I actually had to stop my kid because you know my kid grew up in the school of women the arts, and you know all she wanted to do was her favorite song was my neck. Not back, lick my <laughs> pussy and my cracker. I'd be like, Maggie, shut it down. <laughs> Do not bring that to kindergarten. You know, I love that. Um, That's so cute. It is really cute. She's grown up just fine. And you have your mom working with you too, don't you? Isn't she? She's been my employee for many years. Yeah. 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 She's necessary because I sometimes plug women in. I don't know why, but sometimes I do. And so she's always there in the classroom when I teach and uh, she'll, you know, receive a woman's, usually it's her tears about some way in which her heart was broken about her body or her sensuality and then allow, you know, it's good to have the grandmother. I like having the ancestresses, the the elders of our community, the crones, in the room with me. Oh, we need that. We need to have matriarchal. We need to, I think that there's, you know, you know, to your point around kind of the patriarchy, like once a woman, I hear this all the time because I, I, I teach a lot about menstruation, perimenopause, menopause, and a lot of women in their perimenopausal and menopausal years will say, once I turned 45, I was basically like, it's just age. It doesn't matter anymore. This is part of it. Like the doctors just kind of like, you know, are Mm -hmm. shooing them out the room. Yeah. But I think that we have a lot to learn from our elders and there's a lot of wisdom that I think we're missing out on when we don't speak to our grandmothers or, yeah. you know, in, in the work that you do as well. I think having that motherly figure uh, who can hold space and receive your emotions without having her own, let's say, uh, you know, uh, schema about things, I think mm-hmm. is, is really, really important. Yeah, it's so good. So, so good. Um, so let's talk about, let's, let's talk. Okay, sorry. Let's talk about your house. Let's talk, let's about, talk about your house and sex magic and pussy power and why that all worked so well. Let's do it. Um, I want to unpack it a little bit because uh, it's really important. You know, f- first of all, I love how your story, and I'm going to do like the you know, the pussy analysis of your story. Oh, that's so fun. (laughs) I can't wait. (laughs) So a pussy uh, report card. I'm here for it. (laughs) Every, every like amazing journey, you know, starts with desire, right? And as women, we have not been taught to really pay attention to our desires or honor our desires. We've been taught you know, to do what our boss says, or our husband says, or our families say, you know, we're, we're, we're not taught to, you know, when you're a little girl, did you, did your mother ever say the most important thing, my darling, is your desire, pay attention to your desires, you know, we don't really have those conversations, because most of our mamas didn't have positive uh, relationships with their bodies or their sensuality and uh, or their desires, you know? Um, so desire is truly crucial. I think, I think women are the greatest untapped natural resource on this planet. And the way you tap this natural resource called a woman 
is you allow her to connect deeply to what it is she longs for. And what you long for is really, it's not selfish. And we all think like, oh, I don't want to appear greedy and I don't want to want yes. something. I, I want to kind of keep a lid on my desires. I don't want to want too much. But actually, if you think about it, like a desire is, it's not just you. You know, did you create yourself liking, I don't know, are you a vanilla or a chocolate person? I'm a pistachio person. Oh, are you are you a Van Leeuwen's pistachio person? That non-dairy ice cream? Have you ever tried that? I have Ugh. not. No, I don't Ugh. know. I ha- oh, it's I a mean, must. It's a, I liked the gelato, but now I'm going to write this down. I have a little notepad yeah. here. Van Leeuwen's. Okay. Van Leeuwen's pistachio non-dairy ice cream. It's so okay. good. I'll have to report back. Yeah. Um, so, but if I had to didn't... choose, it would be chocolate. Okay. And, mm-hmm. or no, you go with pistachio, but did you create that in you? Was that you? Or is that like part of your nature? Right. Mm-hmm. So, and desires are like that. It's not, you know, it's the desire is a co-creation between you and the divine. It's part you and part that which is greater than you. You know, if, uh, like for me, wanting to be Mama Gina or the Pussy Queen or run the school of womanly arts. It really wasn't. I was actually, once I kind of thought of it, I was like, oh, this is going to be terrifying. I probably shouldn't do this. But it pulled me. And desires have like a little bit of a pull, you know, pull to pistachio, not chocolate, no, no. A pull to this particular house. There's something about that where you just, it is the longing that lives within you. And for some women, it might be the desire to have a baby. Uh, it might be the desire to um, meet your person, To or it might be the desire to have many lovers. It might be the desire for world peace. It might be the desire to slow down climate change or stop global warming. It might be, uh, it, it could be anything. And the thing is, it's so important for a woman to pay attention to her desires because since it is that co-creation between you and your divinity, taking those desires and then setting them on their feet will in some way not only serve you, but it will serve the collective. It will be a great service to this world and this planet when women surrender to their desires and the fuel that feeds desire because very often when we have a desire we think oh wow that's too big i'll never get there you know when i i I shouldn't want that i should be happy with what i have yeah yeah and so we shut our desires down rather than feed them and you my love you had this wild intuition you were like i need to feed my desire hmm what should I feed my desire? Pistachio ice cream? No, I know what I'll feed my desire with. Orgasm. Yeah. Why that was genius? Because um, pleasure is the fuel that feeds desire. Desires shut down when we don't have pleasure. Pleasure is the fuel. I'm just going to repeat that. Pleasure is the fuel that feeds desire. Yes. Yes. yes, yes, yes. 
So for example, let's say, uh, let, let's an, another example, let's say you want to have a, uh, a baby. And every time you think of that, you're like, oh, I can't have a baby. I'm still single. How am I going to find it? What do I do? I know what to do first. I have to find like a wife or a husband or, or, or what? I, 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 I don't want to have a baby on my own. Oh, forget it. I'm not going to have a baby. And so then we end up shutting down the desire instead of how you actually make your desire manifest. Like there is a system. It does work. It's when you continually are pleasured by the thought of the desire. So when you pass the window of a baby store, you look in that window and you're pleasured by those little tiny clothes. Whenever you see somebody pushing a baby in a stroller, you're like, oh, hello, hello. You're filled with joy whenever you think about or you want to fuel that, uh, which is what sex magic is. Is thinking about a desire and then running pleasure through your body so that that pleasure infuses the desire uh, and and allows that desire to man manifest with more velocity. You're getting your ego out of the way because your ego is the thing that will shut it down. And you're allowing the vortex of the divine, meaning pleasure, to connect you even more powerfully to that which you long for uh so it's a little bit of a reversal of how we normally do things because it's not always about really working hard sometimes it is sometimes it's a combination of pleasure and hard work but it's always going to be a, a great addition to your ability to manifest what you long for if you use pleasure as you so beautifully demonstrated in buying your house ba-bam so well done Ba-bam. And I think um, that I think the if you don't, I mean, what are the what are the we'll say if you don't own the desire, right? Mm -hmm. If you're not owning your desires, if you're saying, oh, it's not time for the baby or I can't own that house now or, you know, whatever, whatever it is. Yeah, I at least my observation has been that it leads to resentment. Like, yeah the the it's almost like the desire becomes rancid in a way when we don't yeah. you know you said pleasure is the fuel that feeds desire it's almost like yeah. pleasure is like the fertilizer that allows it, it to grow and if you don't yeah. nurture that seed and allow yeah. it to grow it just yeah withers dies and then it, actually what happens to a woman is in, if in, instead of expanding her life force, she'll start contracting and there'll be less and less and less uh, desires and she will begin living a life that's really not her own. She'll be doing what other people think she should do or what other people say, but she won't be living her destiny. Yeah. And, and I, I think that's where we can kind of get into the shadow side of the feminine, where you kind of get this mm -hmm. sort of bitter, maybe resentful, yeah. mm -hmm. passive aggressive, nipping kind of individual mm -hmm. that I've unfortunately seen uh, in, yeah. in some sort of older, we'll say um, archetypes of women who've been in marriages that they maybe should have left or, you know, whatever. Um, so I think it's an important, um, I don't want to say warning signal, but 
I think it's, I think it's really, 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 really important <laughs> to pay attention to your desires because yeah. I have never wanted to play basketball. Like there's a reason for that. There's a reason why I talk about menstruation and the cyclicity of eating and fitness as it relates to menstruation, ovulation, et cetera, through, through the arc of a woman's life. There's a reason for that. And, you know, you said at the top of the hour or at the top of our conversation, it usually starts in pain and it's, it's, you know, without kind of going into the sort of details, like very much, uh, my own just apps. I was felt like I was being tortured by my period every month. Like this was right. the curse for being a woman. And I think my own journey, hopefully my, my calling as yours is, is to help other women kind of just reclaim yeah. and get rid of the shame around. Like yeah. we, I remember yeah. when I was in, in high school, like if you had your period and someone found out about oh it, like that was the worst, oh God. that was the oh worst God. thing. And I just, can we just oh talk about our periods? Like, can it oh just, God. <laughs> okay, you just brought, you, I just had like this flash of period memory when I, I was not permitted to use tampons because my mother thought they would take away my virginity or something. Um, oh and my God, so, I remember that conversation too. Yeah, the, your hymen, okay. like they wanted the hymen to be intact in the, yeah, okay, yeah. yes, yes. So I'm on the swim team. Oh, and no. My mother <laughs> buys me sanitary napkins with a little thing, the garter that goes around your waist and ties the thing on and rubber, I guess, rubber pants or something like okay. a rubber, a rubber bottom bottom. Yeah. Um, to, to keep it all in place. So I've got this thing sticking out of my speedo when I'm going to swim practice and I'm so humiliated thank god one of the older girls on the team took me aside and she was like dude she probably didn't say dude this was a long time ago but the equivalent it was like she was like hey you got it like that thing is gonna weigh so much in the water it's gonna like slow your time down like you need to, we need to get a tampon in you right away so thank god I for was, that girl thank god for thank that god. friend yeah. Debbie. Her name was Debbie. Thank God for Debbie. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, periods. Wow. So much period baggage. Um, I'm so glad that you are in service to women in this particular way. It is so important. It is so needed. It is so necessary. Ah. <laughs> oh, man. let me um let, let's actually build on that a little bit with the shame conversation because you have yeah. um i believe you call it swamping where mm -hmm. this is an, another practice where we can become uh, we'll say friends with or become intimate with uh, yeah. our rage and i think being a woman we are we are often taught like, how are you? I'm great. You know, we're never mm -hmm. really allowed to express anger. We're called, oh, is it that mm -hmm. time of the month? She's a crazy bitch. Mm -hmm. She's the angry black woman. She's like all the tropes, right? Mm -hmm. um, how do we, how do we get in touch with our shame, our anger, our rage, and how do we alchemize it for a force for good? Ooh. First of all, I think I want to say that everything that we've talked about today, 
whether it's desires or, you know, connecting to your pussy power, all of it is most uh, effectively accomplished in a community of sisters. That's why I teach my classes are primarily only women because I believe in women. I believe in sistering. I believe in women connecting with women, connecting with women, especially around the topic of pleasure. We require sistering in all of those dimensions. We also require sistering in experiencing the full range of our emotional brilliance. Uh, it's my conviction that every single woman is 88 keys of the piano of emotional range. You know, we have our darkness, our rage, our jealousy, our fury, our um, grief, the depth and breadth of our grief. We have the most, um, you know, light tinkling of the keys of the piano of giggling and being in joy. Uh, we have the middle range of like not knowing quite how we're feeling today. And as women, we've been encouraged just to play middle C, you know, how are you? Fine. Now, how are you doing today? Fine. How are you? Oh, I'm fine. But we're, you know, imagine if you actually answered that question, with fullness, you know, I'm, I'm frustrated as fuck today. No one would know what to do with you. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> You're like, really? Oh, I didn't mean to get involved. Like, oh, wow. As they slowly right, back just... out the door. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So um, I have found like one of the most powerful things for women after they read, especially pussy reclamation, because I do a lot of swamping in there or even when they do it as a book club and then they can practice swamping or I actually run monthly swamps for free for anyone with something called a sisterhood series, because um, I think it's so important for a woman to connect into her emotional range. And what swamping is, it's a practice that you can do by yourself, but I don't recommend it. I think it's most effective with sisterhood where a woman chooses to connect with her emotions I mean, right now, can you think of one or two things you're pissed off about? Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> okay, there we go. Can you think of one or two things you're frustrated about? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, there we go. Mm. Can you think of one or two things that you're sad about? Yes. Yeah. How about really pleased about? Yes, very pleased. Okay, there yes. we go. Yes. So at, we are always everything. We are always everything. There's always something to swamp about. There's, you know, it, all we have to do is think about earth and i just read today that the monarch butterflies onward towards extinction i like i don't know whether to rage about that or grieve about that but i know i have to feel about that uh and so what swamping is it gives a woman a place in a space how you do it you gather gather with uh, women on zoom or live and i like to put playlists and I have lots of playlist suggestions and I will, it's almost like I tune my instrument every day with this series of swamps. Like I'll play a rage song. I'll play a grief song. 
I'll play a, a turn on song so that I can see where I am, you know, and then, cause there's always something to grieve about my, you know, my mother's getting older. My daughter's about to move to London. There's always something to be ecstatic about. Uh, I'm so proud of my daughter moving to London all by herself right after college. Like that's pretty cool. You know, so it's like how I get to be the full expression of everything that I am is through this body that I've connected to by owning my pussy, which allows me to connect with and find right and approve of my full emotional range rather than keeping a lid on my emotional range, which is what most women have been encouraged to do. So it's swamping is like the ultimate permission is permission to feel every drop of yourself with relish and with enthusiasm. We are not afraid of our darkness, just like we're not afraid of a thunderstorm. It's part of life. You know, we are not afraid of uh, uh, a sunny day either. Like it's part of life. It's great to be that ecstatic and open. And so it's, it's connecting a woman to her true nature. That's the power of swamping. And I think there's a, a way that you can also level it up and level it down. Like there's been some, you know, times in my life where I have, you know, needed that cathartic cry. And then I have been left like needing the day off because it's just mm-hmm. taken over everything. And I just need to yeah. to sit with it. And I don't think what you're suggesting is to do that every day. Um, I am suggesting to do it every day. You are suggesting to do oh, that yeah. every day. I totally okay. am. Okay. I totally am. Why? Because if I don't express it on the daily, then I could combust. You know, right, if, right. if I don't, if I sit on my rage or my hurt or my heartbreak, then, you know, if, when I am in a big traffic jam and someone cuts me off, I could, I could be a very dangerous, screaming, crazy lady in traffic, mm-hmm. you know, or yell at, uh, you know, waiter and it's not the waiter's problem. It's, I was stressed AF. So I, uh, I think I, I personally, I, I do swamp every day. And then what about yes. the intensity of the, of the swamping? Is there, okay, here we go. Yeah. You can crank it up. I know what you're, I know the scary part. You think, Oh shit. If I get into that wild rage where I'm like smashing pillows and running around the room like a psycho, how do I get out of it? How we end every single swamp is by reinstalling a woman in her turn on. So if you did a rage dance, you always have to do a turn on there because what that does is reconnect you to your aliveness and your sensuality and your pleasure. And then you can move about your day, but it's no different. You know, you had those three boys, you watch them when they were like in their terrible twos or threes. They throw big ass temper tantrum, throw themselves on the floor of the restaurant. And then they're fine. And and then they're they're fine. fine. Two seconds later, they're they're totally fine. fine. And they didn't even, and they're not even thinking about it. They're just like, oh, glad I got that out of my system. And then they move on. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's very true. (laughs) Yeah. I I have so much respect for them for that. I love that because I, I would be like just, you know, frenetic for the rest of the day. But I, I've, I've always admired that in, Mm -hmm. in all children, even, even animals, you see, they just kind of like shake it off and then they're, and then they're fine. Yeah. Exactly. And swamping is the shake it off. Great. 
So every day there's playlists. Playlists. And then you, is it all, so we we're doing like the rage and then the grief and the sadness. And then we come back to turn on. Yeah. It's you, it's the, you know, if you hit those three, you're going to pretty much hit everything. I, I like, sometimes I'm just like really activated sexually or sensual, sensually. And then I, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll do a couple of turn on songs, you know, I won't just do one uh, because either, there's so many millions of emotions and here, we talked earlier about how do you make pleasure a discipline. One of the things I am always in the act of is I'm always looking in my Spotify and adding music to my playlist. I'm like, Oh, that would be a great song to swamp with. Okay. So, uh, that is how I do it. It's another pleasurable thing. Swamping is another pleasurable thing you can do. I love, uh, I love Shazam. I'm, I don't know if you have that app, but like when oh, I hear a good song, I'm oh like, God. what is that? And then I, I, I uh, as you said, yes. like, add it to my, add it to my playlist. Uh, so good. So good. I bet you have great playlists. I have a lot of Spanish inspired playlists because to your point around dancing, when I'm in my hips, uh, like when my hips are kind of doing like uh, whatever right. they're doing, I am so in my, I mean, I'm in my mm. power, but I feel like myself mm-hmm. again. So mm-hmm. I think I'm doing a swamp. I'm not doing the rage thing, but like, I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm just, I need to move a little bit. I need to, and I'll put on some, even, even like reggaeton will do it for me. Like just kind of a little yeah. bit of like, yeah. you know, bad bunny and I'm good. Yeah. Okay. Good. <laughs> I want to come back to what you said about community, about how, you know, the swamping, let's say come, you know, to be done in community, that this healing happens in, yeah. in circle. If there's a woman that's listening, that's like, you know, where do I find these amazing goddesses, these sister goddesses that I know how you refer to them? Where do we, where do yeah. we find these women that are on the same journey as us? Cause sometimes we're born into families and communities that, you know, we, we, we're the, we're the canary in the coal mine. Like we're just like, this is, mm-hmm. this is not the life for me. This is not, I'm the blue person and it's a, it's a yellow planet and everyone's yellow and I'm mm-hmm. the only blue one. Yeah. How do we, how do we find other blue people? <laughs> Well, um, first of all, any, come take one of my classes because I have the most amazing women. Uh, secondly, anyone could come to my free swamp every month. It's called the Sisterhood Series. Another great way to do it. I have also seen women be the leader. For example, they run a book club in their small town. Maybe no one in their town has ever read Pussy you know, which is less and less likely because the book's been out a few years and it makes it its way around. But um, start a book club, have women come over to your house, start doing some of those practices, even something simple, like they get together for the book club. You brag with your sisters once a week or every day, and you start to celebrate the uh, what's happening in your lives. It's these little simple things that will start creating connection. And sometimes you have to be the fire starter and sometimes someone's already started a fire. Uh, uh, but I mean, I think that uh, there's so many more female activated groups and experiences uh I, I notice in my friend groups or in my daughter's friend groups, they'll do like girls nights out um, where women will find so much nurturing and nourishment 
in one another's company. And, and then I think, let's say for someone um, to make sure, you know, when often when women gather, we want to circle around the bad news because that's what our mothers and our did or yes. our friends taught us how to do. You know, yes. we uh, complain about our husbands, our jobs, our bosses, our kids. It's very easy to do. And I think that one thing that's really refreshing is being the instigator of pleasure in your friend group and instigating bragging or instigating gratitudes or instigating flirtation uh, is instigating pleasure of any kind, instigating a dance break of any kind. That is so nourishing for the feminine soul. And any of us can do that. You're modeling it for other people and you're giving them exactly. permission. Yeah. It's like, oh, she's bragging about her house. She's bragging yeah. about her wife. I'm going to brag about something I'm really proud of. I just did blah, 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 the weight room. I just did, you know, I just had this really beautiful stuff. I think that that's also when we, when we model it, we give permission to our sisters, mm -hmm. uh, to our friends, our cousins, our other, you know, other women in our lives to, to show up as their, you know, fully actualized selves as well. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, exactly. All right. So let's... Uh, do you want to give me a brag right now? Do I want to give you a brag about oh, myself? Yeah. Yeah. I will. Yes, I will. I am going to brag that this morning I woke up and I punched out a new PR uh, in the weight room. I did a hip thruster exercise. Wait a minute. What's a PR? A personal record. A, a oh. new personal record. Uh, wow. 335 pounds on my hip thruster. I'm, my goal is 400. And I was so proud of myself this morning because I put on the extra weight. I was a little tired, but I was like, oh, I'll just see if I can do it. And was able to do it. And I was like, good girl, Steph. <laughs> I was so proud of myself because it's a heavy weight. Um, For yeah. real. Yeah. I was really For happy with that. Real. Mm -hmm. I just want to celebrate you. Uh, like your strength, your determined nature, your discipline, that is amazing. And your body looks really hot, by the way. Thank you. Thank you so much. Would You're you, so would welcome. you like, would you like to brag? I want you to brag. Oh, totally. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I think it's good because we're modeling it. So people see how easy it is. And by the way, what I just did was I uprode your brag. I gave you an upride, which is so much fun for a woman to receive the reflection of her own greatness. I actually have a friend that you should have on your podcast. Have you ever heard of Layla Martin? I have I have heard of her name. She came up yeah, in my with conversation Emily. with Emily, and I was yeah, like, I because, need this girl on my show as well. Yeah, yes. she's uh, she's a friend of ours too, and I brag with her every single day. We do not let the sun set without us each doing three brags to one another, uh, because that. it's it's such it, and it actually creates a very positive upwards trajectory because we're always thinking about oh shoot I have to brag to Layla I better have my three brags. You know, so I, it kind of organizes your life around pleasure, which is so beautiful. And you're now finding um, it in your life. Oh, I can talk about this with Layla. I can talk about that with Layla. Exactly. As well. yeah. Exactly. All right. So I'm going to brag about my pleasurable morning. So I woke up and I meditated for 20 minutes. Then I, as I told you, I'm adopting my daughter's dog, but I was taking dog training lessons from my trainer and I'm learning how to calm her down. And I feel very proud of myself 
because in one week we have made a lot of progress and I'm turning out to be pretty good dog trainer. Really, she has some issues because she was a stray. And so we are, and I'm with treats that I give her, she calms down. So I'm like, yes. And then my lover came over this morning and uh, so we just had like a little fun dalliance uh, for an hour and off he went and my day began. So I thought that was like a very nice little, I don't know, a little threesome of pleasurable experiences to I launch my that. day. I love that. And I think that it, what you're, what you're, you know, what you're bragging about really ties into what I've observed with you with in just your, your nature, you're very loving, you're very nurturing. So that dog probably feels so calm with your, you know, your little <laughs> techniques with him and then modeling the pleasure. I love that you had your, your lover over this morning uh, before your day started. And I think that that's such a beautiful way to start the day. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah, of course. Great. And beautiful upright. Go Stephanie, go Stephanie, go Stephanie. And I think that's, you know, if there's one thing maybe we can leave, you know, on a high note is this idea of complimenting other women as well, which Mm -hmm. is what maybe an uprag is maybe the word that you're using. I love the idea of showing other women, you know, first we, I, I always believe that the natural state of things is we always have to work on ourselves first. And as we're working, we're letting the pleasure in, we have the desire, we have the joy. And then we can start spreading it to our sister goddesses to use, you know, your terminology where we're like, you know yeah. what? I see you. I hear you. I yeah. understand you. You are seen yeah. and witnessed. Yep. I think that's so beautiful as well. Yeah, it's so important. And I think, I, I, you know, it would be if you wanted to leave your audience with one thing to do, it would be right after this podcast, call another woman that you love. Could be your mom. Could be your friend could be your gynecologist, any other woman. We love those women. Yep. (laughs) Yeah, we do. We love them so much. All they hold. And just reflect to her, her contribution to your life. Uh, You know, why you love her, how much you appreciate her, and then hang up. It is, it will take you so high because that's actually another way to cultivate your pleasure is by taking someone else higher. So it's, it's a beautiful little practice. And then, and then you could give her the task of doing the very same thing. And then you'll be part of spreading this virulent condition of pleasure and appreciation around this planet. And we sure could use it. And Betty, if you're listening to this and you've decided to take this challenge, tag Mama Gina, Regina, uh, Regina Thomas Hauer is the is your handle or is it Mama Gina on Instagram? It's Mama Gina, Mama Gina on Instagram at Mama M- Gina on Instagram and tag me as Mama well. So I can see. On Insta- oh yes! Oh, that's great, 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 great. So we will have all of your books, your courses, uh, you. your series, your uh, swamping uh, as clickable links in the show notes. Um, very quickly. So are you? At, I, I know you're active on. Um, on Instagram, because I watch your stuff um, all the time. Uh, where can oh, people you. find you and interact with you if they want to go deeper and learn more? Okay, uh, they can find me on Instagram, which and and I respond to my DMs for real. I love them. They're so much fun. And then uh, com is my website. And those are the two best places to find me. Although I think I'm starting TikTok. 
I think that's happening. That's We're going to do dance breaks on TikTok. I love that. Uh, <laughs> this, this, been- this was so much fun, Stephanie. You are amazing. Thank you are you. amazing. Thank you. You are too. I have been just delighted. Honestly, this is one of the highlights of my podcast, having you on here. I've been Yay. following you for years. Thank you so much for all the work you do. My and pleasure. I'm looking, looking forward to meeting you one day in person. When uh, I would love that. Yes. I would love that. Let's make that happen. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. All right. Mwah. And thank you any, to all of your listeners. Thank you for choosing to be Bettys and to make your life even better. All right, all right. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And I must give you the obligatory legal and medical disclaimer here. This podcast, Better with Dr. Stephanie, is for general information only. And the advice, recommendations we discuss do not replace medicine, chiropractic, or any other primary healthcare provider's advice, treatment, or care. In the consumption of this podcast, there is no doctor-patient relationship that has been formed and the use and implementation of the information discussed are at the sole discretion of the listener. The information and opinions shared on this podcast are not intended to be a substitute for primary care, diagnosis, or treatment. In other words, guys, be smart about this. Take it with a grain of salt. Take this information to your primary healthcare provider and have a discussion with him or her to make the best choice that is for you. Remember, I am a doctor, but I am not your doctor. And these conversations are meant for educational purposes only.